Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. If I can make the journey that's happened for me, if I can make that road smoother or faster or more efficient for even just one other man, like that's worth it to me. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. What's this you being on our intro outro this week? People are going to think that we're lying, that we're just doing it to be dramatic or like get attention. I know, like clickbait, but hear bait. Right, like, but I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah, you're still here, but you're not really here. But because we record episodes kind of like weeks in advance. Yeah. We like this interview today, you're part of. And yes. I think, I can't think off for I the life of me. Who, yeah. And then there will be a few weeks where you're not in the interview. But if your schedule and like mental capacity permits, yeah. you'll be in our intro outro. Yeah. So I'll still be here. Yeah. You're still kicking um, around. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> well, I guess it depends. Like, so how's your house hunt going? Not great. I haven't found a house. <laughs> no, not yet. So the rental market is terrible. There's a ton of people looking for houses to rent and not enough yeah. houses. Great if you're a landlord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then when it comes down to it, like if I'm put up against anyone else, I'm probably, I look the worst. You know what I mean? Like... There's always going to be someone better than me renting. Maybe not one time because I have a rental condo. And one time this man and his son applied and he was like, you know what? It's actually going to be great. My son's actually on house arrest. So like he would never be leaving. Oh, I was like, oh, that's a way to spin it. Oh, my gosh. So so funny. I mean, if it's you and somebody with a with a adult child on house arrest yeah i suppose i guess it's if it's like me versus like someone with like a criminal record or something like that i'll probably like edge out on that one but or like a single mom with six or more kids there you go there you go so there's hope yeah so far it's not looking great yeah but your parents are back in town they winter abroad and that sounds fancier than it in is. In the very exotic Phoenix area. <laughs> they're snowbirds. <laughs> but they're back and they're being very helpful because there's a lot of like packing and making a dump run and organizing. And yeah, I mean, yeah, this is just like a developing saga. Yeah. So all I'm doing right now is working five days a week and then anytime I have that's not at work. I'm spending, well, it, let's be honest, I'm doing it at work too, looking for a place to live. Yeah. Or packing or cleaning or decluttering. I tried texting a few places, pretending to be your agent. Yeah. They were like, what do you mean agent? And I'm like, oh, this is just my business, my side business. I like, you know, my clients, yeah. plural, are working. And so I just schedule viewings on properties that might be suitable. I think you found yourself a new business. But I'm like, you're a hype man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So far, it's uh, not worked, but yeah, what's going on with you? So this past weekend, it was my stepson's ninth birthday party. Mm-hmm. And it was adorable because he's never had like a real birthday party because when he was in kindergarten, like they don't really know I, I don't yeah. know, like I kind of had one and yeah. then it was COVID for two years. So he couldn't have friends over. And so this was like really where the first one where he could like have invitations and bring them to school and yeah, yeah, friends came over and it was like mostly good. I yeah. think that like eight, seven to nine year olds is too many to have in one 
place. Absolutely. He had fun. And then his cousin slept over and we went and saw Sonic 2 in theaters. And it was actually a really cute movie. I know nothing about Sonic. I did not see the first one. I never played the video game. But it was like, I'd give it a solid 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. That's pretty good. It was good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then this morning, things took a turn because he woke up really sick with like a really bad cough and a really snotty nose. Right, right. And then we had this like cinematic WWE wrestling battle to try and give him a COVID test. Okay, were you recording? No, but after I was like, you know, in hindsight, we really should be recording this. And like, he's so tall and skinny, like a string bean, but he's strong. So I was trying to like pretzel hold him, like how they show you for kids back Like, I'm not new to this. This is not my first rodeo. But his arms are longer than mine. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So Lindsay's trying to give it. And we started off by being like, I know you don't like this, bud, but like, you know, like we try to really appeal to him and say, it's just going to be a minute, but you got to do it. You know, if you want to go to lacrosse later and all this stuff and there was no go. And so then we had to have the talk that like, you know, bud, sometimes you got to do things that you don't want to do. And so like, we're going to like, I'm going to hold you. So yeah, that we yeah. can get this test done. Anyway, two of the three of us ended up sweaty and disheveled looking. Oh my god! Two of the three of us were in tears. And no uh, kidding. we did not get a successful COVID test. <laughs> my idea is do it while they're sleeping. That sounds like the making of a future therapy session. <laughs> like I get that, but it's like their nose is just like wide open. Yeah, waiting they for don't something know. to be shoved in there. And then by the time they wake up and realize what's happening, it's already over. And you're like, okay, thanks. Bye. Okay. So a couple of thoughts. Uh-huh. From a practical standpoint, he sleeps in a loft bed made of metal <laughs> and it's very squeaky. And I don't know that it's like weight rated for a grown adult to climb up this ladder and like find his face. Right, right. But then also I feel like this is, I've seen a TLC episode where it's like, like my strange addiction or something where it's like my irrational fear. And like there was one where like this person had to sleep with like pantyhose over their face (gasps) because they were worried that bugs were going to crawl in. No. And I think that it probably stems from some, from an experience like this. Oh my gosh. That's terrifying. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that would be tricky. Like the loft bed would be tricky. I would say go in with two swabs and stick them in the nose at the same time so that you don't have to try to get to the next one, right? Just one big like shot and then you're done. Oh, but then when he wakes up, do we be like, oh my God, bud, you were just fussing. You were crying. What's happening? (laughs) And he's like, my nose hurts. (laughs) And we'll be like, yeah, you're sick. That's why. So weird. I don't know. Just like hide the swabs (laughs) behind your back. Why don't we have a parenting podcast is my question. Honestly, I think that we should teach parenting hacks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't man. Don't come to us later when your kids need therapy because we don't, we're, we're not responsible for that. Yeah. But anyway, and then I also like I have a stuffy nose and I have a bit of a cough. And so I had a headache all weekend, but I thought it was the weather, but now I'm not sure. So we're just sort of playing that game of like, is this tickle in my throat because I might have COVID or... Is it because it's springtime and maybe I have allergies? I always like feel I'm like, okay, this is it. Like it's coming. And then it never materializes. Yeah. Like either make me sick or get me better. Like I don't want this questioning unsure. I'm like a little tired, but not too tired. You know, like I just. ah. Do I take a test? Like, do I waste a test? Like what, you know? Yeah. I I mean, these are yeah valid questions. I agree. Oh, my God. And what? I had to do a Patreon without you. You know, I haven't listened to it yet because I'm too sad. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Friend. I FOMO. I know. But like I and I can agree because when my dad died, I had serious FOMO mm-hmm. knowing that you and Justine were interviewing Diana on the Patreon. And I, I mean, I got to at least edit it, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had to do a Patreon. And so I reached out to Amanda and Jody from We Love to Hate TV. Mm-hmm. And 
They are lovely and gracious and helpful and so funny. And Jody's like, oh, heck yeah, I've got stories. She's like, I was a surrogate twice. And I was like, oh. That's amazing. And yeah, they're like two really crazy stories. That's crazy. I couldn't imagine being a surrogate. Like all the things that happen when you're pregnant and the like bond that you form with the baby and everything. Like I just couldn't imagine like. Yeah you know, giving that baby away. Like, obviously it's not yours, but it's just so bizarre. Yeah. You were just the oven for the bun. Yeah. You were just cooking it. You're just a takeout container. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My God. Well, if anybody's listening for the first time and they're like, I don't understand, what are they talking about? Our Patreon is a monthly subscription where you get two bonus episodes every month. And it is a great way to support the work that we do. And you get like a little bit extra Michelle and Carling. Yeah. Little bonus. Yeah. Little bones. I tried to shorten bonus. It didn't work. Yeah. But anyway. Can I just say thank you to everyone who has like sent me good wishes and thanks to all of our podcast friends who have filled in for me and we just have a really amazing podcast community yeah we do there's one more thing that we have to share what we were in a magazine oh my god can you believe it we were featured we are being featured in the one year edition the april edition of women in podcasting magazine i know it's so awesome we, got, like, we were interviewed and yeah, we we're part of like this, a uh, couple other podcasts that were featured for their one year anniversary. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, it just seems so crazy because it's like, sure, it's like kind of a niche uh, magazine, but yeah. can you hear that sound? No, what is it? Oh, there's a dog scratching behind me. And yeah, they're out of California is where they, where they make their publishing stuff where they're <laughs> we know they're, so much about magazines yeah they're it's a digital magazine and they are out of california and what an honor like it just seems i'm just so blown away i'm so appreciative of the acknowledgement it's amazing we're amazing it's amaz- i know <laughs> oh man i okay is there anything else i don't think so think all right all. well let's get to it then okay bye Hello, Justin. Hello. How are you? How are you? Good. I am doing well. You're good. Good. I know our our hellos always feel awkward because we talk for a few minutes before we officially start anyway. So it always feels like a little bit funny, but yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. We've been really looking forward to talking with you. Well, it's it's absolutely my my pleasure. Uh, unexpected pleasure, but pleasure nonetheless. I, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why don't we start? We found you on TikTok as we find a lot of our guests. So why don't we start by just having you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and your family and what you do, and then we'll kind of get into why we reached out. Okay. Well, my, my name is Justin Knuckles. I am first first and foremost, I'm a husband and a father. I have uh, a, a fantastic, wonderful, wonderful wife and four beautiful daughters. And yeah, I I as far as professionally and background, I, I, I work kind of parallel to DCFS. So I, I don't work for DCFS, but I, I, I do work for someone who has a holds a contract with them. So I, I see a, a, a widespread of <laughs> humanity kind of just in the day to day. Yeah, um, I bet. But yeah, then as far as as far as I don't know if you want to jump into jump into TikTok right now. Or yeah, like we so we came across you posted one like a just a video saying stitch this and tell me I'm forgetting the exact words about why you were taught to stay in groups as okay, a Okay, yeah, so that was so I've had oh boy. This has gotten so much bigger than I ever <laughs> thought it would. But yeah, so that video, it, you you just hit the nail right on the head. Uh, so I basically had a, a short short video clip where I just said like, oh, I was having a conversation with my wife and we were talking about it. And, you know, I, we, I 
we just, we had this realization together and I just wanted to ask, you know, stitch this and tell me why, when you were a young girl, did you travel everywhere in groups? And boy, like people, I just got such a wide variety of responses in terms, not, not in terms of like the actual responses, but the tone, like it was really, it was really interesting. I had everything from like, on one end of the of the continuum, I had those who were like, oh, like, thank you for asking. It's so good to have a man, you know, so nice to have a man, like trying to be aware of these things, like clear over to the other side of the continuum where I had people like mad at me and like, why would you even have to ask this? I'm ashamed of humanity. Oh, like, oh, no. And so it was, it was really, it was really interesting, but it was kind of funny because the the conversation that we had, because I've been thinking about this, you know, kind of stuff and learning more about this kind of stuff. Really, I mean, it's kind of been a masterclass that I just unexpectedly got in the middle of when I joined TikTok a few months ago. But my wife and I were having a conversation about this because, you know, as as parents, like, of course, we, we teach our children like, OK, like traveling groups, don't go, you know, don't be alone. Like, even if you're at a friend's house, like, don't don't be alone in the room. Like, I mean, it's just it's just you just, it's just what we teach our children, right? It's just awareness and not kind of risk, risk management techniques mm-hmm. kind of thing. But we had never, and I, I especially, but, but my wife also, as we were talking about it, we had never connected our, like the why of why we were telling our kids these things. We were, we, we never connected that to our lived experience as children and so like realizing from this side of it like oh that's that's why because i you know thinking back to and again like this was part of the conversation that my wife and i had was me thinking back to my experience as you know as a as a young boy like in elementary school for example i can remember thinking about and noticing like that the girls never went anywhere and right now i'm rereading i read every night to my girls before they go to bed and we're reading we've been reading through the harry potter books and so many times in the even just the harry potter books it mentions it that i never saw it i never wow like they travel in groups and they yeah. never go to the bathroom alone and when yeah. they're alone like these bad things happen but anyway so as a as a young boy i just I saw that and it, and the narrative that was pushed, you know, by the teachers and was never contradicted, at least that I, that I remember was that girls are just, they're just so chatty. They're just yeah. so chatterboxes, <laughs> right. That they can't even go to the bathroom alone because they've got to be talking. And, yes. and that was the narrative that I was just like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well that makes sense. Like girls, you know, I, I know girls who talk a lot. Like, yeah. That yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and it, and it did become a joke like in school or even in like, TV shows or movies that you watch about girls going to the washroom together. Like you can never yeah. just go to the washroom without your buddy. Right. And yeah. Or, or even as girls, we would stand up and be like, Hey, I'm going to the washroom. Like who's coming with me. So right. it's just kind of a, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But we never, I guess. Yeah. Like you don't really think about why is this a thing? What, yeah. what is the actual reason behind it? Yeah, exactly. And that was what kind of, Oh, and I hesitate to use this word anymore because again, this is, this is another thing that I like the audacity of my being surprised in this day, <laughs> yeah, and age. Yeah. which, which like granted, like, and I, you know, when I, I, when I speak of, you know, people who, who meet kind of have met what I'm doing with anger, I can understand it. Yeah. I, I can certainly appreciate it now more than ever. Right. <laughs> like With the understanding that I'm the increasingly each and every day building, I I get it. Like I can understand better now why there is such anger from, you know, so many of these women who this is their experience and to have a man like, "Oh, just now realizing it." Right. I I can appreciate that anger. Yeah, right. yeah. Definitely, definitely appreciate that. It's so funny because you you come you're coming by it so earnestly just being like you're trying to educate yourself and you're just wanting to know, like, what is your experience? You can definitely appreciate why women would be like, why are you asking us this now? You are, you are educating yourself because you have your wife and your four daughters. Like it, it is important for men to figure out, but it's not going to be an easy journey for you. <laughs> right. Right. No, yeah. and, it, and it hasn't, it hasn't, you know, I mean, Again, there's, there's, I mean, you get all kinds, I mean, I get, I get li- literally on the same video, like I'm, I'm thinking of another one that I, that I released where, so on, on several of my videos, I had women asking, like, 
offering and saying like you need to ask us like the next thing you need to ask is how old were we how old were we right. when these yeah. things started happening right. and for the longest time I was just like no like that is yeah. that is definitely like not even my place but <laughs> I was I mean I was shocked because there was one video where someone made that you know kind of made that comment and it just kept accumulating likes I mean, to the point I was, I went, I went the other day and I was, I was going back and, and trying to find that comment to see just what it's at. And, but it, I mean, it was well, I mean, hundreds and hundreds, mm-hmm. many, yeah. many hundreds of women support, like saying that same thing and liking and supporting that same thing. And so finally I was like, okay, I'll ask it, but I need to preface it with like, yeah. please, like, don't feel like you have to, mm-hmm. I still feel like this isn't my place, but enough, like, because enough people, enough women said you need to ask this those who can will those who won't like will not but you like you need to you need to know you need to ask this and so I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) I think there's something powerful in being asked the question by the type of per- the, the perpetrator, not that you're the perpetrator. Completely understand. Yeah. And so there's something powerful because like I said, before we started recording, we can have the, we do have these conversations with women all the time about being safe, me too, you know, all this stuff. But like, we're, we're just preaching to the choir. It feels like where when somebody says like, why is this? It tells me that you're open to hearing, you know, why this experience happened or it's wild. Did you and your wife often have these conversations about this topic or like women's rights and all of this stuff? Or was your wife suddenly like, Justin, you need to open your eyes enough with your male privilege? <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's a very good question. So my, my wife and I, we, for a long time, we, we have, and I hate to say this because it sounds really pompous for me to say it. Like I, we, we have a really good relationship. We had that. We, I mean, we, we really, really work hard at like communicating with each other and talking like one of, I mean, we have a few, a few like ground rules, if you will. But one of them is like, we always, we always assume the best, you know, assume that the person did not, you know, if, if there's a bad way to take it, like assume that they meant the opposite. Right. Yeah. But like when that happens and I've been really appreciative, appreciative of her, like if someone said, if one of us says something that does come off that way, like. Again, we assume the best, but we still bring it up and talk about it. And right. so like, hey, like you said this, and I think that you didn't mean it this way, but this just so you know, kind of thing. And to be completely frank, most of it, most of it does tend to be like her educating me, like, hey, you said this. This is why it was hurtful. And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that is not. Point well taken. Point yeah, well taken. Yeah, yeah. So we have, we, I mean, we, we, we try and have tried. I mean, over the last, let's see, what year is it? Coming, coming up on twelve years mm. uh, of marriage. That's been something that we've really, really put a lot of effort to into is just kind of the strength of our communicating back and forth and and our relationship. And we, we have, we have a really great relationship, really great relationship in that regard. As far as your question about like specifically conversations around, you know, issues like, like women's rights and feminism, we haven't had as many conversations direct. I mean, as far as like really like just, I would say that we've, we've had conversations about topics that like are naturally included in that different facets of it. But as far as like, all right, let's talk about feminism. Let's talk about yeah. women's rights. <laughs> not, not as much. So no, it's just, and obviously with that, you know, with four daughters in the house, I mean, we, we're very woman friendly in this yeah. house the conversations <laughs> and, you know, the, the terminology and just everything that, and the, the topics and so just like, we're, we're very, we're very open. We've, we've tried to really create a, just a really, really open dialogue as far as, you know, what it's like to be a girl in, in I mean, in, yeah. in everything and just everything. Yeah. That, it seems like we're just always talking about it. And even for her, it's been really interesting to go through it kind of with her, because again, we're talking about it all the time together yeah. and going through with her, she, she had in her upbringing, she had enough of kind of a, a safe space. I mean, a re- she grew up in a really, really safe family. I mean, just thinking back to her, you know, her own family experiences, again, her, in in conversations together she'll think back to her experience and like so many of the experiences that we hear about she's just like that was not my experience at all wow Um, 
as far as within family relationships, but it's been interesting to talk about like some of the things and issues outside of that happen outside of families, as far as just like cat calling or, you know, different things. Like we were talking just the other day and she was like, Oh man, this totally brought up. And she you know had a memory of uh, a boy in the neighborhood that she had an interaction with and how her brother actually like went and she went home crying, told her brother and her brother went and like, just had it out with this guy. <laughs> and was just like totally, you know, getting after him for it. It's been both of us, you know, we were both, we just had enough of a similar background and experience growing up that for both of us, like, it's really like, okay, like calling a spade a spade. Okay. Now I can see, I can see these patterns. And again, we grew up in a culture where this stuff, I mean, assuredly, it was assuredly happening, but it was not talked about. Yeah. And yeah. If and when, when it was happening, like it was very, like, you don't talk about that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think a lot too of it is that when it is brought up with men, the first instinct is, well, not me. So then it's like, okay, well, the conversation's not going to go any farther because no, I'm not specifically talking about you, but this is my experience as a woman. This is what I've dealt with. This is what men have done to me in the past. Let's have a conversation about it instead of the immediate defense, you know? And so that's what it's kind of met with, right? Is this defensiveness. How do you not put that defense up? How do you hear these stories or how do you have your wife educate you? Oh man. So, I mean, this has been, it's such an, it's such an interesting question because it's such an analogous experience. Like over the last several years, I mean, specifically, it's such an analogous and parallel experience with like questions of race and racism. Like it's, it's the exact same process. I mean, it's, it's a different topic, but it's the exact same. It's a different lane on the exact same highway, but no, I, I actually, I very, was very much in that, in that camp. And I, I, I actually had a, a video kind of explaining this process too on TikTok. but that, that not all men experience, right? Like, Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not me. Not me. Yeah. I'm a I'm a good guy, right? Oh yeah. man. So no, I I totally I had that experience. I mean, that was that was that was me even just a couple of years ago. I had an experience where and this was just kind of a boiling pot. My whole my whole life has just kind of been setting me up to like be more receptive to this stuff, I feel like, especially now, like looking back on because I've been thinking so much about this question of like, how do we get other men here, right? How yeah. do we get like, how do we recreate this? I've been thinking about it so much, but there have been a, there are a few like little points, little, just little critical points where I feel like there was a lot of progress made in the, in the right direction for me personally. And one of those came several years ago when a friend, it was actually, it was actually the sibling of a friend uh, that I went to school with shared an experience that she had recently had being sexually assaulted and not, not, not in detail, but just, I mean, the emotions, right? Just the emotions of experiencing that, you know, she kind of shared some of it on, on Facebook. And then there was a comment from a woman I didn't even know. I have, I have no idea to this day. I went back and, and tried to find the post and find the comment to, to really like, because I had people asking like, what was it? Like, we got to, rec- what was the formula? You know, like, we got to recreate this. We got to duplicate it. Uh, so I I went back and was trying to find it and the post had since been taken down for, for whatever reason. So I wasn't able to, wasn't able to find the exact comment, but the spirit of the words, she basically said, okay, if there are any men that have even read this far in this conversation, you need to take a good look at yourself because this is not an isolated experience. Mm -hmm. And these men are your past selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And I just, I don't, I don't know why, but that hit me so hard in that moment. Like I said, I think that was in 2020. So it's been a, literally a couple of years. And at that point I was just like, Oh my word. <laughs> and so at that point I actually went back and I, I contacted like just some of the girls that I've had relationships with, you know, over my life. And I was just like, Hey, this is going to be really out of the blue and please like, forgive me. Don't feel like you owe me a response, but like, did I ever do anything or say anything around you or to you 
that that made you feel unsafe. I just went back and I had that conversation with them and and it because it it's scary. Like I mean you, you talk about, yeah. you know, that defensiveness. That defensiveness comes up because it's scary to consider the alternative. Yeah. And so it was nerve-wracking to ask these, you know, these women that I had had, you know, a relationship with as a as a as a young young man to ask them what was that like for you? <laughs> like, did, did you get I... any surprising answers? I, you know, you never know. And I've learned, this is something that I've learned in relationship with women, women in relationship with men. There's always, it breaks my heart to, to realize this truth, but there's always like this, this hesitance to, mm. as far as like, can I tell them the honest answer? Like, yeah. what is their response going to be and I mean the response that I got from these these girls was like oh no like it was never like that which only makes me in all honesty only (laughs) makes me all the more because I now I know and I'm just like oh man so I mean they said no like it was never it was never like that but oh and again like thinking back to it I'm like man did I what about yeah how was that really received you know what I mean so yeah, but I mean, I have definitely had this conversation with my wife too, and it's and it's just so. Uh, yeah, it's, I it's think hard. like we've it's all hard. done and said things in our past that we don't say now because we know better, right? We've educated ourselves, but there are, you know, instances in probably junior high, high school, early twenties where we're saying things that are inappropriate, that are, you know, possibly homophobic, ableist, you know, all this stuff, and now that we know better, we're you know, we're, we're doing better. I was just going to say my favorite like yeah. <laughs> motto lately has been yeah. do your best until you know better yeah. and then do better. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's me as well. So much still defensiveness, especially I feel like in, you know, our parents' generation mm-hmm. where it's like, well, it was fine to say it then. Like, what's the problem? Like everyone's too sensitive these days. And it's like, no, everyone is learning better and educating themselves. And the people who have been affected are communicating that with us and saying, listen, this is not okay. This does hurt, you know, our community and you need to stop. And we can't just ignore those people. We need to be listening to them and understand that what they're saying is the truth and we need to do better. I find it so interesting. Like it feels like our generation is so responsible to sort of like change this generational trauma Mm -hmm. in how you know like males are raised and expectations put on them because like I remember being told like oh like he's just pinching you because he likes you I can very clearly think back to then when I was going to you know when I was 18 or maybe 17 with a fake ID at a club and being aggressively pursued by a male Mm -hmm. and all of my peers being like, Oh my God, he just likes you so much. And then like, you just sort of feel like, Oh, it's a free drink. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, maybe he'll buy me a drink. It becomes this like transactional. I don't know. But like now, if somebody were to do that to me, I'd probably throw punch them. And so like now we're having kids. Well, I don't have kids, but I'm, you know, in lives of kids and, I am forever perplexed of like, how do I take your five-year-old Jude and not let him become an asshole? I just swore (laughs) that's against our pod. Like, how do I not let you become this like white, cis, het, privileged male? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. But like, here we are raising kids, hoping because yeah, (laughs) I'm hoping our generation is doing a little bit, bit better, right? Like my, my dad just passed away recently, but he was a really good example. He was in his sixties and I, we butt heads because I called him out on everything. And like one time we were at the dog park and he threw a ball and he's like, I throw like a girl. And I was like, Oh, do you mean really strong and fast and powerfully? And he's like, Oh, and then he like walked away. And I was like, but why would you say that? I called him out every time about these things. And he had, he was like, well, that's not a big deal. That's silly. That's, you know, yeah. we've always said that it's fine to you. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's silly to you because you're the one that doesn't have the boot on the neck. Yeah. 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 Did you yeah. share that video? I swear. I just saw the video that was like, feminism is like having. Uh, a- I, I don't think I've personally, I've been tagged in it several times. And oh, okay. it, so it's, it's, it's very, it's very, it's very prevalent and present yeah. in, my, in my mind right now, but no, it's, no, it's, it's very, it's very powerful. It's, 
And it's so very true. Like there are so many things again. I mean, and we've, I mean, we've talked about it, as a cis, as a cishet white male, like that, that don't seem like a big deal. And it's yeah. not a, hey, it's, of course it's not a big deal to you or to, yeah. to me, right. As a cishet white male, yeah. like it's, of course it's not a big deal to me, but like, that's because I'm not a woman. I'm not a person of color. Yeah. I'm not a person with an invisible disability. Right. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah, it's been interesting to see the different, and I, oh boy, there's, there's so much, there's so much here. Uh, I know, there's a lot to unpack. (laughs) I'm just thinking now about some of the reaction, just some of the response to videos. At this point, as far as my direct followers on TikTok, the last time I checked, I think I'm at like 97% female according to (laughs) 97% female. So there's, there's not a lot of men, but it's, it's interesting because the response from men that I get on my videos, as opposed to the response that women, you know, creators on TikTok who are women who are saying virtually the same things, just from the opposite viewpoint is horrifying basically yeah. i mean in a word it's 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 horrifying because i on my videos like i will get the occasional guy that drops in to drop his thing mm-hmm. and and it's just like all right like i'll give him a couple of tries and if it's just like strike after strike i i baseball rules right three strikes yeah. you're out homeboy yeah. Like, yeah. You, i you know we don't need that but boy on some of these other on you know, on on these these women creators pages i mean that the hateful and just backward and ignorant responses mm-hmm. made by some of these men is just and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's an algorithm thing i don't know if tiktok is like just more intentionally like feeding the women's yeah. controversial things <laughs> to more of the men yeah or what it is and mine is just like oh well let's just feed it to the women kind of thing. yeah, yeah. what it is or i don't i just don't know if it's if it's just because i'm a white male saying it you know, a, a, again, a, specifically a cishet, uh, cisgender heterosexual. I don't know that we put those broad. Uh, oh, there was yeah, a long time true. I didn't know what those meant. Yeah, cisgender <laughs> heterosexual white male. I don't know if it's just a comfort level of like them not being able to confront me, or again, if right. it's just not being, if my voice is just not one that's being put in front of them. Yeah, I don't know, but it's 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 so frustrating. it's scary because the men that are commenting these horrible things. They're again about our generation and are having these kids. And so Michelle's oldest is 13, goes by they, them pronouns and has come out as bi and is in grade seven. And so they're in a new school. It's a Catholic school and they're getting the students are using the F word and they've been physically assaulted and, you know, all this stuff. The school itself is great and the teachers are educating themselves and the teachers are doing better. But what I said in def- in sort of in an argument to switch them schools, I said, it's not the school. The school is great. It's th- the students are coming from homes that are probably using the F word and saying those derogatory terms and making fun of people they see in media. Yeah. And so it's like the school can be great, but then they go home and their parents are raising these little jerks. And that's what I feel is like so hard because yeah. How do, how do we break that? Yeah. It's like do better parents. (laughs) It's funny because we have like, when my husband was alive, we were, you know, going to church, going to, you know, probably very much on the like heterosexual train yeah. With our children, like we, we were never derogatory towards LGBTQ community, but like, we also didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about different kinds of relationships. We didn't talk about different kinds of genders, but now we talk about it all the time. And there's so much more representation out there for people, even on television, on cartoons, on Disney, like there's, there's stuff there that is just normal now. And so our children feel more comfortable talking to us about it. And so I think there needs to be more normalization in things that are going on with women and things that women go through. My child the other day asked me, like, have you ever had a guy like inappropriately interact with you? Right. And like, not in a weird way, but I was like, yeah, I had a boss who was 
inappropriate. And they're like, well, how? And I was like, he'd press his body up against me and tell me how good I smelled. And it's like, I was 19. Yeah. I was working in a kitchen and he was my boss and my child was like, did you report them? I'm like, no, like, because I was 19 and they were my boss and they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Taking advantage of, I mean, what really boils down to innocence and naivety, or if mm. I've said that right, night being naive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, taking, and, and taking advantage of that, that expectation that, well, like, what are, what are they going to, they won't know how to respond, right? They yeah. won't know, they don't know that there's, I mean, you know, what, what sexual harassment, you know, policies and workplaces are, they don't know that they can go to, that they can report that. Yeah. All they know is that I'm the boss. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, very cultural as far as like respect your elders. And when you go to a boss, be a good employee, do what the boss tells you and listen and don't talk back. And so, yeah, like in a lot of ways we are, we are socializing. <sighs> yeah. I know so it's awful yeah, for that, for that, for, for perpetrators to take advantage of children in some situations. It's yeah. Yeah. Do you guys talk about how do you raise your daughters to not feel like they have to walk in groups, not feel like they have to do all of these things, walk with their keys in their hands. And, you know, I think about all the things I do, even if I'm, even if I go, to my garage at night, mm-hmm. I'm ready to be attacked. And when I when I break it down and think of it, I'm like, that's crazy. I, I live I, in a very suburban, yeah. high traffic. But, you know, I joke that like when the doorbell rings, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get murdered. And because- but these are just things that we subconsciously do, though, too. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking back now. I remember when I was in college, when I would walk late at night to my car, I would call my boyfriend who you know, became my husband and just chatted with them. And I wasn't like, I'm going to call him so that if I'm on the phone and I get attacked, somebody will, there's a witness, somebody will hear me. That wasn't going through my head, but it was like this subconscious thing where it's like, I'm walking to my car alone. I'm going to call somebody. And so because we've been taught that stuff, it just becomes second nature. But then you think about it and you're like, wait, why am I doing this? Like, you just don't think about it until you actually think about it. And you're like, wait a second, like, I shouldn't yeah. have to be afraid that somebody like a man can come out and attack me. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that, that level, that level of metacog, what, what did we learn in sixth grade? Metacognition, right? Thinking about thinking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so, it, it's, it's so rare. It's just yeah. so rare because it's just so, like you said, it's so entrenched in just our everyday experience. Yeah. That like, why, why would I stop and think about why they like, it's just I do, and in our society, like we're just go, 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 do, do, do all the time. That yeah. It's just to really sit and think like now, why, why did I just do what I just did. Yeah. It's, it's very uncommon. And like, as a man, is there anything that you can think of that you do either consciously or subconsciously to protect yourself from, you know, you know, it's interesting that you bring this up because we were having a, my wife and I were having a conversation. When was it? Oh, we were, we were driving, we were on our way. We were driving on vacation to, to Memphis. And we had this conversation about Inside Out, the movie Inside mm-hmm. Out. And we were just, I was noticing that the different parents, like her parents in the movie, her parents have different people in the driver's seat. Yeah. Uh, as far as like, you know, the main emotion, right? And for her dad, I think it was anger. Mm-hmm. For her mom, it was sadness. And so my wife and I were just having this conversation around like, who, who is in, who do you think is in your driver's seat? Or who, and so, and like, so we went through, we had this conversation and she, you know, she was like, well, who's in mine? From your perspective, who's in mine? And I was like, oh, well, that's easy. Yours is joy. <laughs> like joy, is, <laughs> joy is in your driver's seat. Yeah, easy, yeah. easy. And I was like, so who, who do you think is in mine? Cause you know, it's hard to think about yourself from a, you know, outside perspective, but she was like, oh, well that's, that's easy. And I was like, really? Who, who? She's like, fear. Hmm. And I was like, what? And she was like, well, you're, you're Mr. Preparedness. You're Mr. Preparedness. And so it's interesting that you should ask this question because I think now, I don't know if it's a response to you or if it's just like, but men, this is among like the real, the real manly man of the the man community, right? It's like situational awareness and watch your six and always, always on the ready, you know, have your everyday carry and all this stuff. So it's just, it's funny. It's funny that those same men, and and again, it's a we, it's not, a, it's not a like, oh, like those men, like it's, it's a we, like I, as a man, I mean, this was me, this was me up until, you know, too recently. Like, well, why, yeah. why do we have to 
always be, you know, depending on how you, you know, your stance on firearms and whatever, like carry, carry a firearm, always be armed, always armed, always ready. Like, well, well, why? Mm -hmm. From, from whom? Mm -hmm. Whom, Who are we protecting ourselves and our families from? (laughs) The bears. Yeah. Yeah. We, (laughs) and so, and so it's interesting, like, so to more directly answer your original question, like, do I, do I do things like, yeah, like for a long time, like, I mean, I watch out and I'm always on the guard because I, I just, again, I mean, having daughters, having daughters and, and a wife, especially like, like, I just always feel and, and have felt for much longer, for much longer than I became aware of, you know, all this, all the uh, question of women's rights and, and, and feminism and everything like that was just, that was, that was the role as a man, right. Was to protect. Well, I think we're so stuck in that, like, protect yeah you're ready to do harm if harm is done kind of thing that we 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 don't again stop and think like okay stop and think through that way of thinking protect from whom yeah (laughs) well the only thing i could think of though while you're saying that is that are you protecting your children and your wife from other men is that your purpose of yeah fear and your purpose of being aware is that why yeah yeah and yeah it's like men are taught to be fearful and be prepared to protect others first but women and girls are taught to first protect self but it's from the same source Yeah. yeah 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 i had i had this interesting thought and i don't know where it fits so i'll just put it in here but we before i knew i was a lesbian we would always go out dancing and we loved going to the gay bar because and the men that were with us hated going to the gay bar because they were fearful that they would be hit on and assaulted by men but women wanted to go because we felt safe and there was much less chance to of be being assaulted, assaulted by, men. by men yeah and That's i don't know so i just like they get it <laughs> i thought of it and i was like oh my god i understand completely yeah i remember being with a few guys and they were like ah no like we don't they're gonna think we're gay i don't want to get hit on i don't want to go into the bathroom and get assaulted and now i wish i could teleport back to that and be like this this yeah. is why yeah. we travel in groups and don't go to the bathroom i don't know it's like it's so interesting and it's terrifying mm-hmm. and yeah i feel like i'm constantly having these thoughts in my head of like how do i not I have a stepson who's eight and you, your youngest is five. And so it's like, how do I be a part of their lives and make sure that they don't turn into privileged white cishet assholes? Mm-hmm. I keep saying that word. I'm, anyway, I'll blurb it out. But also I am just as much thinking, how do I make sure that your three daughters and my 11 year old stepdaughter and my niece and all this stuff don't experience the assault and discomfort and all this stuff that I had to experience. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it's terrifying. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. That's something on that's on my mind. I like all, I mean, all the time again, especially with four daughters. Yeah. I'm always thinking about, and especially recently, like with, I mean, not, not terribly recently anymore. I mean, it's been in, in the last, in the last year or two, but you know, just some of the cases in the news about, you know, I mean, just you know, intimate partner violence and I mean, these, these Dating just horrible, violence, horrible yeah. cases and just thinking through like, man, like who, who is out there for my daughters to end up with, you know? And it's just mm-hmm. like, if, if they, if, if they end up being heterosexual, like, what are their options going to be? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's, I mean, part, part of this transformation, I'll admit, is very selfish in origin. <laughs> because yeah. like, I feel like I, I have to share this, this, I mean, use the term awakening earlier. I have to, I have to share this awakening because it needs to happen for, for more men. Otherwise, who are my daughter? Who are yeah. my daughters? And that's horribly selfish. I'm absolutely ashamed of the fact that that had to be one of the driving impetuses of this change. And it's so yeah. frustrating. It's so frustrating, but it's, it's my reality. If I can make the journey that's happened for me, if I can make that road smoother or faster or more efficient for even just one other man, like that's worth it to me. And I've been really encouraged, especially just in the last probably week or so, because in the beginning, it was very much like every time, you know, as I would scroll through my notifications, like, oh, like all these, all these women, a lot of LGBTQ plus uh, community members, a lot of, a lot of rainbow flags on a lot of the profiles that I looked at as far as following me and stuff. But just in the last week, even I've been really, really encouraged by how many men 
by Good. how many you know people with he him as their pronouns yeah. on TikTok yeah. have started following me, and so I'm just like, yes, yeah. <laughs> Please, like, come, come on. on! I just think what you're doing is really important, and I think you know we always talk about educating women about like don't walk alone, don't wear this, don't wear that, don't drink too much, don't you know we're teaching women not to get raped. What are we teaching men? Yeah, like. Which, yes. Hey boys, let's not rape. Yeah. Instead of saying, women, you're going to want to go out and have fun and party. You could get raped. This yeah. is what you have to do to stop it. It needs to flip. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so, it's so true because as like, as a young man, thinking back to, again, to experiences that I've had just kind of across my lifespan up to this point, like it's so very common. And I, I, I can remember being like, you know, going to like different retreats as a teenager and them offering like self-defense classes and like the guys would participate and were invited to participate, you know, encouraged to be there and stuff. But it was so much like focused on the girls that I was just like, oh man, like, why are we even here? Like, this is for the girls. This is yeah. for the girls. And the way that it was presented like it was always in this context of like, oh, the faceless, nameless stranger yeah. who just randomly assaults you. And like, that's not reality. Like those happen. The comparison of how often that happens as opposed to like a dating relationship mm -hmm. or a very intimate partner relationship and violence, like that conversation is not happening. I, I had actually gone through my bachelor's degree, gotten my master's degree when actually, and was actually like taking some additional courses just to kind of round some stuff out for me myself. And oh my word, we had just as part of, I can't even remember the, the setting of which class it was, but there was a kind of a guest presentation of the local um, domestic violence shelter. And they gave a presentation that was like for the, you know, for the first like two minutes, they were like, all right, here's something that's really commonly presented. It's like the, the, the 10 commandments of preventing sexual assault. And it was like, you're toward the women, like, all right, don't be, don't be out late. You know, da, 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 you know, and went through these 10 different steps and they were like, this is bull crap. And I was just like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, so taking notes, you're like <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, but this is solid advice. Like, why, yeah. why, what do you mean? What do you mean? And they were like, okay, we're going to go through the real, 10 commandments of preventing sexual assault and it was geared toward men yes. wow. perpetrators. yeah don't assault people while they're walking to their car in the parking yeah. lot yeah. and i can just remember sitting in the audience of this presentation i was on like the first or second row and my mouth just like my mouth fell open because i just i had never not once not once in my life up to that point had I heard it presented from that paradigm. Yeah. Wow. And I felt so bad for these presenters because I was, I'm pretty sure that I laughed at one point. Yeah. Because it was just yeah. so like, that's my reaction when, when things like are mind blowing to me, like I laugh because mm. it's just like, what? Yeah. Like, why have I not seen it that way? And so I laughed. And so I laughed. And one of the presenters was just like, give me, giving me this stink eye because I'm sure she thought I was like mocking yeah. her to this day because in that moment I was just my mind was blown yeah because I had never heard it presented from that way like mm -hmm. men don't be this person yeah, yeah. like what why yeah. are we having this conversation <laughs> I actually think that we as a society in school never learned about intimate partner violence you know what does abuse look like how to get out of it if you're in a close relationship and there's abuse. And I ended up being in a very abusive relationship. And never once did I feel like I had the skills or the knowledge or the how to get out of it. It had to, I literally had to wait until it was life or death. And then I got out of it. But like, you know, I'm sure your kids are sick to death of me talking about healthy relationships, because I talk about it so, so much because I want them to like, yes, be nervous that you might get attacked in a parking lot. But also, if you're in a relationship, here is what is considered toxic. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The conversation and talking to the upcoming generation and being being open with things and, and inviting, inviting questions and conversations is so important. And, you know, I, in our, in our family, we just recently instituted something that I, I just loved the first time that I heard it. It was basically this, this idea of, we have a chair, we have a chair now in our house that if the kids come and they sit in that chair and they say, Hey, I need to talk to you. I'm in, I'm in the white computer chair. Like we know, we know as parents, like, okay, Incoming, 
We need extra, I need to extra pay attention. I need to extra self-regulate mm -hmm. because what they're about to tell me is something that they are nervous to bring to me, but they, they need to bring to me. I need to bring my wow. A game. And no, yeah. and it's been so, it's been so cool. The first experience was with something really funny. I can't, it was, it was like my daughter, my oldest sat down and she was like, okay, I have to tell you something. Several years ago, I drank straight from the milk bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and she's had like, oh. that like on her Yeah, shoulders. like I was, I was wearing it on her chest. But I was just like, hey, I'm so glad. You know, That's what a great, so what a great way to open it up. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, for initiating this. So it was just so funny to, to hear what was, what was weighing on her soul at the, at the moment, but no, like just oh creating this, this space and like permission, like that hard conversations are not only allowed, but encouraged. And if you, if it's something that you are genuinely yeah. nervous about how we're going to respond, like that's okay. Here's how you can ask for a little bit of extra from us and that, and that we know like this is this is to prep us prep us for that experience right so it's it's been it's been really really beneficial and you know we've already we've already had like our girls bring you know stuff like that they heard you know in their friend group or something you know yeah. this happened in this relationship or you know this happened to me and they've they brought that stuff to us and so no like it's so important this generation going forward that we talk about stuff. And it's, you know, if you have a friend or a family member, whoever is coming to you and saying, listen, the way that you're saying that, or the way that you're, you know, teaching that or thinking about that is not right. From my perspective as a woman, as, you know, part of the LGBTQ, as a different race, like that is not okay. And to kind of sit with that and be like, okay, I'm wrong. As uncomfortable as that feels, you just need to go through it and yeah. be open and listen to the right way and do better. That just made me think, have you had the opportunity in person to call out other cis white het males in your life, either in public or your family? Because I think sometimes calling out family and friends can be hard. Oh, right. I, I have been more aware of it now. Like, so one of the, one of the few settings that I actually like actually have encounters and interactions with, you know, with other men at this point, because I, for work, I work again on a on a team that is entirely women. I am the only I am the only man on my on my team. So I, as far as the workplace and everything like that's, I just it, it just doesn't happen within friend group. I'm I'm more aware, but then like especially uh, church, like we go to we go to church and there are men at church and stuff. And like even just today, like I was sitting. I mean, you can see, I'm I'm still wearing my 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 white shirt and my tie. I was sitting in sitting in this group of men and it's just always there now like this lens that i have and i can't and don't want to take off it's it's always there and so just like listening through this lens there were a few times that i was like is that like if if he were to say any more do you know what i mean like just as an example like there was there was one guy at one point who he was there was an ice cream shop that opened up in in a little, little town where we are and it was the grand opening and, and one of the men was talking about how his wife wanted to go and so how did he put it? He said, I didn't get any, or I didn't eat any ice cream. And someone was like, well, why'd you go then? And I was just like, and he was like, well, you know how it is when the, when the wife, when the wife wants it. And he just kind of shrugged. Oh. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh -uh. <laughs> because again, like that, the, even, even to take that any, like you could take it either direction. Like on yeah, the one yeah. hand, like, Yes, I do what my wife wants because I want my wife to be happy. And yeah. it's no, you know, taking her to an ice cream shop, like, what is that inconvenience? Yeah. But on the other hand, like, you could just as easily finish that, like, with this, she's just this awfully sexist. Yeah. Scene yeah. Of, like, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. I gotta <laughs> keep the nag off the back, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's close. And I'm, all, I'm always aware of it now. So I haven't, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I do want to ask just as we kind of wrap up. So you're an author and you actually started TikTok because you're an author and that was sort of your goal of starting TikTok was to sort of get it out there. So what do you write? What are your books? Like how can people find that work? Yeah. So my first book is it's on Amazon for pre-order right now. I just, I just finally got the, all the cover art and stuff. So I, I, it's actually there. You can actually see the cover and everything, which is, is exciting. But yeah, so my, my first book, it's, it's called Mythic Revealed. It's kind of like a science, science fiction. It's got pe people with abilities. So kind of like 
superhero-esque, but not necessarily like, I mean, they're not in capes. It's just people like, you know, people, people with abilities, but this, so this book, they say, write what you know. So <laughs> it's a book about uh, a young man who he's kind of found a, a, a niche for himself. He's kind of, he's in college. He's got a, got a life path, you know, a life, life path ahead of him that he thinks he's going to enjoy and everything. And his life is just kind of turned upside down when his parents call, you know, call him on the phone and they, they tell him that he, he has to come home, that they need him to come home. And when he gets back home to the town that he grew up in, his parents have been murdered and he finds himself like having to be caregiver for these four children that he's never mm-hmm. met that like, and as, and it's just kind of this unfolding, it's almost, it's not, it's not a mystery, but it, the reader is very much discovering what's happening as James mm-hmm. is his name, the main oh, character. Oh, wow. So it, yeah, and it's just kind of his unfolding, like discovering more about like his parents are not necessarily who he thought they were, and like who are these kids, and there are other people kind of after these kids, and they suddenly there are people with abilities, and then, so his <laughs> is kind of unfolding. So it's you know it's fun. It's science fiction. I, I I have that. I actually have the the sequel, and then I'm working on the the third book for that one right now, but. Yeah, I have a few fantasy books kind of in mind that I've uh, got partially finished. My my shiny object syndrome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have, yeah. I have a few unfinished projects right now, but yeah, the first the first one's up on Amazon. Oh, that's you can, awesome. You can find it under Justin K. Knuckles. Wow. Uh, when does it? So it's up for pre order. When does it so get released? It it releases on April twenty sixth. My birthday. Oh wow! Oh, that's <laughs> so nice. <laughs> Where do you want TikTok to go? Because it kind of took a sharp left turn. (laughs) Yeah, no, it really, it really has. Because, like I said, I mean, I started out on there to 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 market books, and and then kind of found that this niche of men writing women badly, and was horrified at what I found there, and Mm -hmm. the rabbit hole just got deeper and deeper from (laughs) from there. And now I find myself an accidental feminist. Yeah, Um, (laughs) that's your next book, the accidental feminist. Absolutely, men, let's do better. You know, at this point, I don't have any like solid like. Oh, okay, this is where TikTok's going to go. It's just kind of continuing to be this, uh, basically, just this this documenting journey of my evolution as as a as a human being, specifically mm-hmm. again as a cishet white male, and just becoming more aware of it. And like, re- I mean, j- even just in the last couple of days, stepping up, stepping in on TikTok, and like, there there is no shortage of other men on TikTok just saying deplorable, awful things to yeah. about women, yeah, and just like calling it out and and addressing it like this is not okay this is not okay it's kind of currently where i'm at you know amplifying women's voices you know sharing some of these experiences Mm -hmm. that you know obviously that i get permission to share but again just amplifying because as men and again as as this white male it is too easy to just sit in my privilege and Mm -hmm. not have and have have the luxury have the privilege of not having to address it head on. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I can look away. And so that's the easy, that's the comfortable thing to do is simply to just turn and not even look at it. And like, we need to not, we need to not, we need to stop looking away. Yeah. And that's the thing is you could easily say not all men and then never talk about it again because yeah. it's not yeah. you. Yeah. My so. gosh. Well, thank you so much. This has been really nice. We just like love these types of conversations. Absolutely. Well, likewise, I, I appreciate even just, even just the invitation is goodness. So, so kind. I just feel, again, there's just always so much, like, I appreciate it. I mean, the, the kindness, the kindness of women and, and feminine presenting people that I've encountered, even just on TikTok, I mean, yourselves included, but at the same time, there's just like this, this other side to it, that the bar is so low. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the bar is so it's low so that true. someone who even just like see, even just the bare minimum feels like yeah. just, just like this this fantastic unicorn. So, like, thank you for your kindness, but I'm so <laughs> sorry that, that it's so uncommon that you feel like that that, like, that out of the way kindness is warranted and and, and deserving of particular recognition. That's, I think that's so funny. Thank you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> That's going to be the title of this episode. Thank you, and I'm sorry with Justin. Exactly. That's exactly it. So, yeah, there's another sound on TikTok where it's like, wow, the bar is so much lower than I ever expected. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it is. And we just have to raise the bar and yeah. that we have on for men. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for making time for us. And yeah. say thanks to your wife for. 
I, I imagine like managing all four kids by herself out there. Awesome. Well, have a good day and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. Thank, oh, you. thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. I'm just going to say it. What are you going to say? Oh, my God, Justin. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you, Justin. What a just solid guy. Solid guy with a solid I mean, bow tie. We have a sticker that says, ugh, men. It does not apply to him. No, it does not. I want to change the sticker to be like, yeah, ugh, men, but not Justin. (laughs) So if, I don't know, I'm excited to hear what people thought of this episode because. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was really lighthearted, but still talking about an important topic. Absolutely. I thought it was great. I think you're great. And I think it would be great if any potential landlords are listening (laughs) and they have a house in the southwest community of Calgary, Alberta, that they will rent to Michelle. All right, let's manifest that. I am sad because there's one place that I really, really wanted and I literally like, like was like manifesting and like visualizing myself and the kids there and I didn't get it and I'm sad. Yeah. But hopefully there's something else out there. I know. It's like one of those things that like you got to do the work and like apply and go see places and do all that stuff. But like you it's I don't know. You just got to hope that like the right thing is going to come out at the right time. Yeah, no, for sure. There's so many people that are looking that it's hard to even get like a text back or a message back or a call back from these landlords. Like I probably have sent out like 100 messages and gotten like 10 percent response back yeah yeah so that's it's, true it's pretty crazy and even we both texted the same ad within five minutes and yeah. I heard back but you didn't yeah and so that's when I decided to become your agent so now Carling is renting a new house <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah it's just so crazy something will come along something will come along and if you want to support Michelle, (laughs) Mm -hmm. then you should join our Patreon. And yeah, I don't know. Just send good thoughts. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. You need a Hail Mary. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. I could go for one of those. Yeah. I don't don't know what that really is, but. Basically like a miracle at the end of the line. Oh, yeah. Let's get you a Hail Mary. There we go. All right, friend. Well, you are going to bring a kiddo to a haircut and I am going to go put a sick nine-year-old child to bed and finish editing this episode so everybody can enjoy it. Okay. So when you do the COVID test while he's sleeping, please be recording. And also you should wear that headlamp that I gave you so that you can see what you're doing. Here's what, here's the setup. Picture me. Yeah. I'm going to wear a headlamp. I'm going to hold the phone in my mouth so that it's recording. Like, uh-huh. so it, yeah. And so you're getting like a face view and you'll just hear me heavy breathing while I creak up this ladder. <laughs> <laughs> but this, it, this is what's going to happen is that you're going to do it. He's going to scream. You're going to fall backwards off the loft bed. <laughs> yeah. But did we get it all on video and I can make a TikTok out of it? There you go. That's it'll be worth it then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a good right, night. Bye. And I hope everybody has a good week and We're we will so talk to you. <laughs> we will talk to you next week. Okay. Hey, okay, bye.